Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat, a, a cold episode. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? I'm very cold. It is freezing uh, everywhere. <laughs> it's not fun to be outside, that's for sure. Negative temperatures all week, pretty much, except for it maybe dipped above negative a couple of days, like Thursday and Friday, but yeah, overall uh, a pretty cold time to be in the Midwest. Yeah, it's a good time to stay indoors and play games, which is what yes. I've been doing a lot of over the last couple of weeks. We we missed a week uh, for the podcast, but that gave me more time to play stuff. So we got a lot of that to talk about. But we also wanted to talk about uh, games we're anticipating this year. And uh, we have that uh, Xbox developer showcase to talk about. Yes, that happened on... I want to say Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Uh, so we'll chat a little bit about that. And we have, uh, I, I've compiled a top five games I'm looking forward to. I don't know about you. I have at least, I think, 10 games that I could Whoa. mention as like stuff that I think is interesting. Uh, but then also, I've played some of that new Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown game, and you've dipped your toes into Power World, which is taking the internet by storm. Yes, uh, a lot this, of people are playing Pal World. So we're going to get into all of that this week. Let's get to some news first, though. Uh, there's some Grime news on the horizon. Yeah, so Grime is a sort of Souls-like Metroidvania that I liked a lot. It is finally getting a Switch port uh, on January 25th. Uh, so I think the week that this podcast goes up, it'll be out on Switch. Um, also, they are releasing their third and final free DLC for the game called The Parting Shade. And so they're going to release like sort of a definitive edition that has all the stuff with it. Mm. And I think everybody's like keeping their fingers crossed on like a, a physical version of the game to come out. But I don't think they've announced that yet. But mm. this is all ahead of Grime 2 uh, at some point coming out. I'm not sure if I... One of my predictions for 2024 should be that they launch Grime 2. I'm not sure if, if they'll be ready for that, but <laughs> you do finally have the chance to play this game on Switch, which I think is cool. It's um, interesting you bring back uh, you bring up uh, physical copies because there was uh, some news about physical copies and owning games from Ubisoft this week. Yeah, this was one of the big talker stories over the last week. Uh, I guess... Who, who was this that said this? Some exec. Some Ubisoft exec that uh, decided to say in some sort of interview, uh, the we have this linked in our show notes from uh, gamesindustry.biz, but they he said the gamers are, are used to owning their games, and that's a consumer shift that needs to happen. He's basically saying people need to get used to the fact that they're not going to own games anymore and they're just going to be you know getting the rights through streaming services like Netflix or Game Pass and things like that and uh, this rubbed a lot of people the wrong way <laughs> um, I don't think a lot of people are on board with that like we're a little bit used to that with music and we're getting more accustomed to that with movies but games is sort of the last bastion of like physical ownership uh yeah. especially unlike the sony and nintendo side of things 
Uh, less so on Microsoft. In fact, one of my predictions for the next console generation is that Microsoft will abandon physical sales altogether and go all digital. But yeah. I don't think the Japan-centric uh, companies, you know, Sony and Nintendo, are there yet. I mm. uh, At least I hope not. So I guess uh, not to jump too far ahead of, like, getting into predictions but like nintendo has a new console that we think is coming probably later this year and a a big point of stress for a lot of like youtubers that are all about you know physical game collecting they're they've had a lot of stress over the last year or so wondering what nintendo is going to do with their next console because they've basically Mm. built their channel on the back of you know, physical game sales for the Switch. Um, so will Nintendo go all digital? And if they do, will that destroy a lot of industry in terms of like, you know, YouTube channels, but also just like companies like GameStop or yeah. lo- your locally owned, uh, you know, video game buy, sell, trade store. Um, so there's a lot of reason to not like the comments that Ubisoft uh, made. And I do, I, I a little bit wonder how that affected uh, Prince of Persia sales. Did people like see that and like, okay, I don't like you anymore, so I'm not going to buy your <laughs> game. Yeah. But, maybe. Uh, well, and the other part of that is Ubisoft is known for like, if you wait a little bit, they're going to deeply discount their game anyway. So I also mm. wonder if people are just waiting for it to go on sale. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? I guess I'm anti this. I I mean, I like to own things that I like. I like to, I think I've talked about this on the podcast. If there's a game I'm looking forward to, and I think there's going to be a physical map with the physical copy, I'm going to get that physical copy because I can get that map. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, what was the last one? I think I probably did that for Red Dead Redemption last, and I got that map, and it's a great little map. I, I referenced it as I was, you know, going around uh, the desert or wherever. But um, And famously, uh, I we didn't play Baldur's Gate 3 uh, this last year, and part of the reason, one, I wasn't sure, uh, you know, how into the CRPG thing I would be, but because everybody was talking about it, I was a little, like, I should still try to play this. Yeah. But I wanted a physical copy of it. And so I kind of waited out them to announce that physical deluxe edition that's coming with like some extras with it. And I fear the day where those will go away. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and I also didn't mention in terms of like industry, you have all these like super rare games, limited run games. You have all these yeah. different companies that like their whole business model is making physical editions of these like indie games that would not get them otherwise and i guess they would have to adapt and switch over to like merch (laughs) for games and instead of actual copies of games like i don't even know what they do but soundtrack like vinyl soundtracks yeah, stuff like that vinyl soundtracks t-shirts and stuff like that but i don't know i think that this guy is just out of touch hopefully and it will not be the case because i feel like so many times you see like, well, th- check out this guy's collection and he's got like a bunch of games and like cool things and cabinets and stuff. I feel like people maybe are aware of that. I don't know. I My hope is that greed doesn't just take over fully and they're just like, you don't own anything. So start paying us $10 a month forever. Uh, hopefully that is not what is uh, we're 
like staring down the barrel of like i i get that in part he's probably right in that we are moving towards streaming and we are moving towards subscription services with like game pass and you know just you look at music and movies most people don't buy physical music or movies anymore unless they're like an enthusiast who wants like a vinyl soundtrack or Mm. or not a soundtrack but just like a record on vinyl or they want like the criterion collection copy of some movie but like best buy is doing away with they already did away with all their music basically and they're doing the same with like dvds um I feel like we're not too far away from that same thing happening to games. And I, I don't like that trend. <laughs> I would <laughs> rather you could still go to Best Buy and pick up like physical copies of music and movies and games, but that's kind of not the world we live in anymore, yeah. unfortunately. Um, so yeah, this was, uh, there was a lot of talk about this. Uh, it makes me worried about the next generation of games a little bit, uh, especially if things move more towards... Uh, you know, subscription services. Hmm. Um, there was another, this is not in the show notes, but I saw that Destin Legary guy from IGN has like his own like personal YouTube channel where he talks about game stuff. And he did a video this last week talking about, you remember in the 1980s, the video game crash happened. And it was because there were, so many different consoles on the market. They just kind of oversaturated things. And mm. there were so many games and the games were not good. And so there was this big video game crash. And he was talking about how he thinks that that is like coming again, uh, possibly. And I, I wonder about that, but I think it's more likely to happen with like streaming services because we have a ton of streaming services and we have a ton of like movies and TV shows out there that are just not very good and people don't mm. like them that much. And so there is sort of a, what is the term for that? Like market saturation for stuff mm. like that. And so I wonder if there's a crash coming. Um, I mean, you might be right that uh, another video game crash is coming, but just because of the, the budgets of games these days yeah, and how like razor thin uh, the profits are, but also like, I, I think it seems almost more likely to me that that happens in the movie and TV industry. Especially, <laughs> I mean, like Hulu and everything else are like increasing all of their prices, yeah. which is crazy. Um, and like Netflix is doing that thing where you can't share your account anymore, which is also bad and dumb. Yeah, it's a all lot just of like them are very cracking down on that. Anti-consumer behavior. Yeah, so I feel like it's very likely that we see something like that happen uh, in those industries. <laughs> so I don't know. That was just like an aside. Uh, but yeah, I do think I, I would rather see uh, physical game sales continue in the next generation. Uh, not just because I like owning physical game sales, but there's a lot of industry that would come crashing down if, if all three of them went digital only. But Yeah. I think the, the one that's most likely to do that is Microsoft. Yeah, for sure. I think Microsoft, especially since they unveiled that uh, sort of redesigned series. Yeah, that X, circle. That's circular and yeah, is all digital. I, I we a little bit. I think have talked about this in the past, but they, I think they took the wrong lesson away from this console generation, where they had the <laughs> Series S and the Series X, and the Series S was 
a little less powerful. It was digital only. And it, it happened like to come out or during the pandemic and you couldn't get a PlayStation 5. You couldn't get a Series X. And in some cases, you couldn't even get a Switch. So people yeah. went out to their local stores where you could still get a Series S and they were plentiful and they bought those. And they're like, I'm going to use this for Game Pass. And they're like, oh, what this means is people don't care about physical games. <laughs> they don't care about the power of their hardware. They just want to be able to play games. So we can mm. like maybe even send out a machine that's not as powerful as uh, you know the PS5 next generation. Just send some hardware out there that's uh, digital only and we'll be fine because people will buy it for Game Pass. Yeah, I hope that's not what the the takeaway is, but I feel like that's what's coming. Well, it remains to be seen. Um, Zach, did you ever have a Game Shark when you were a kid? I did, yeah. And uh, what was it, Super NES? I had one for Sega, I think. Or maybe I had one for. I'm trying to remember what I used it on. I feel maybe like it was a thing that I maybe it was plugged into my Sega NES? Genesis. And then I plugged a cartridge into the thing. Yeah. Sort of like you, how Sonic and Knuckles was. You would slot a cartridge into it, and then you would slot that into the cartridge slot of the console. It hasn't been a thing for a while, but supposedly GameShark is coming back. I'm not sure in what form, but uh, they posted a, an advertisement, and they were like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to launch alongside the Switch 2 in fall of 2024. Uh, I don't know if they got more specific than that, but... Everybody freaked out because uh, they were like, oh, GameShark accidentally confirmed when the Switch 2 is launching. <laughs> um, but then they were quickly like, uh, JK, we were just uh, guessing. So forget about that. Now, who's to say if they were actually were just guessing or if they're just trying to cover their tracks? But it's interesting. Uh, the GameShark allowed you to do some crazy stuff. I remember like because basically all it was is like cheat engine for a console where it would just like it knows what integers to change to make crazy stuff happen. So you could add cheats to a game that didn't have cheats basically. Yeah. Um, and so I remember it would come with like a little book of codes yeah. that you would input. Yeah. You have to mainly put input like a 16 link, uh, 16 character long thing to make a change to a game, but then it would work and it was like magic to me. Um, so I would maybe check this out again just to do crazy stuff on. It's also interesting that it's like, maybe going to be compatible with the switch too, which makes me think like, I'm not sure how that would work. Like if it is going to be a physical thing that you plug in, it's interesting. It, um, yeah, that's interesting. Do you think this confirms uh, physical copies of games for the switch too? Possibly. We don't know if they're still going to go with cartridges. I would assume they are, but, um, we, they haven't confirmed anything about the switch too. So who's to say if it will use cartridges or how games are going to be distributed. Um, but it seems like it is going to at least be able to be plugged into a Switch 2 in some way, um, which is interesting. Yeah, I am very curious to see if this does come back. It'll be like a real blast from the past. It will make for, I think, a lot of good YouTube videos. Because if you have the ability to manipulate like game code on a console it can lead to like crazy things happening. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's what inspired, like I always remember back in like PS2 era, like the GTA is there were like different cheat codes you could put in mm. and you could do like some really crazy things in that game. I feel like that was heavily inspired by like the game shark era of like mm. classic games. But 
We will have to see what happens. Um, Zach, there was a developer showcase for Xbox, which we can talk about briefly before we get into our predictions for 2024. What did you think of the showcase? Uh, it was all right. There wasn't a lot of super interesting things to me. Um, I, I think I'm interested in Avowed probably the most from this show, even though I don't know that it was necessarily the best showing. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, it seemed very bare bones to me. Um, like the combat looks interesting, and I don't know. The, they talked a lot about how the world was very cool, and there's different biomes and lots to explore did they say open world i don't remember oh maybe they didn't say that i just remember them talking about all the different biomes maybe it isn't open world avowed is essentially obsidian's uh elder scrolls game uh it kind of looks a little bit like skyrim but like instead of firing power like magic power out of your hands you kind of have like a little harry potter style magic wand um and there's like dual wielding similar to skyrim where you can have yeah, and, and to set itself apart from Skyrim, there are like pistols that you can have and you can so you can kind of dual wield or you can have like a sword in one hand and a magic wand in the other hand and the sort of uh, combination they, they showed is he had like a freeze wand in his left hand and so he froze an enemy and then he stabbed it with the sword and it like uh, broke him into pieces. Um, and then they, they talked a lot about... Um, like choices and consequences and how all of that's going to play out. But I don't know that the thing they showed like really highlighted what they were talking about very well. Um, But, but I did think that like the customizable loadouts that you could swap back and forth uh, was kind of a cool idea. Um, Depending on like what sort of combat encounter you're coming up on, you can sort of swap to a different loadout. And so you have different equipment available, but uh, the big news, I guess, it's coming fall 2024. They weren't more specific than that. Um, I think this, as long as it's just like kind of like the Outer Worlds, where it's just like a shorter, more bite-sized version of like one of these giant, you know, Bethesda-style RPGs, I think it'll be fine. Like, I'm still looking forward to this game. Uh, I just don't know if this was the... Yeah, they they tried to do the Bethesda style uh, showcase where they kind of deep dive everything, but they yeah. didn't they didn't really <laughs> as much as I was hoping they would. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a a cool vertical slice of gameplay where you go through a whole mission and you see how different things can happen. But I don't know, it it didn't have a lot of substance substance for me. I mean, maybe I was looking for. I was excited to see like what their inventory system was like, or like yeah. any type of thing like that. But we didn't get to see that. I wanted to see more of like what it looked like to play the game, and instead they spent a really long time on like this conversation with somebody, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, this you can have a choice here or whatever." And like a lot of people took that as, "Oh, like." you can't do conversations and uh, choices and consequences because we played Baldur's Gate 3. I don't get into that conversation. I think that's dumb. Like, not every game has to be Baldur's Gate 3. It was, we went through this after Elden Ring came out where they're like, oh, I don't care about your open world game. It's not Elden Ring. Like, that's <laughs> that's a dumb take, in my opinion. <laughs> like, we're going to have... Like in the future and going forward, there are going to be open world games and there are going to be other RPGs that have like dialogue and choices. 
and it's not all going to have to be exactly what those games did and plus like the other side of that coin is people are like oh you just did what Baldur's Gate 3 did like I feel like when Ori and the Will of the Wisps came out everybody was like oh you just did what Hollow Knight did <laughs> like well yeah if they don't do it you're say oh we already had this in Hollow Knight and it was better yeah. so like make up your mind internet what do you want <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, so I, I'm still looking forward to this but this was not the best showcase of it I thought what do you think about this Indiana Jones? This is our first reveal of gameplay for Indiana Jones in the Great Circle. And it's going to be first person. Yeah. Uh, they did show like some going into third person when you're like climbing or whatever. Uh, but this definitely seems very cinematic, perhaps linear. I'm not quite sure. I think so. I think, it, I think it will be a... I almost want to say it'll be a first-person Uncharted type of thing. Yeah, that was my thought too, but who's to say? Uh, definitely a sound-alike for Harrison Ford and yeah. not I actually... I think it's Nolan North. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I missed that if they said that. but I don't think they said it. I think I saw it on Twitter. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, the, the lip sync looked a little bit off in the video mm. I saw. Maybe it was just the video I saw and not the actual game, but... Uh, first person fist fighting we love that interesting <laughs> the whip is interesting to me i yeah. uh you can use it to trip people or there was even a crazy part and i don't know how often you're actually going to do this in the game but they were like hey you can use it to distract people and so there was a, a clip where he like whipped to the side of some guy and the guy who was patrolling was like what and started walking in that direction that seems like a crazy way to use a whip, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you can do it, I guess. Yeah, it's like the stealth segment where you're like sneaking around and trying not to get caught, and there's like a guard, and you, normally you have to like throw a rock somewhere. Instead, you just like do a whip crack off to their <laughs> side and then walk the other way. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of doing that uh, in this type of game, but. It's an interesting mechanic. The, the What's whip, your vibe on this? Are you interested in this? I'm curious about this, but I'm not like super anticipating it. Mm. Um, I feel like it it won't be hard uh, to be better than the last couple of Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe it'll be more entertaining. It is coming this year, though. They did not say anything specific on it, but um. Yeah, they also had like a showcase for Hellblade 2 and uh, Aura History Untold, which is some sort of civilization style 4X game. And then they had uh, Visions of Mana was like the little extra thing that they slotted in here uh, as like a almost a one more thing, except they did that it was before cool. Indiana Jones. Yeah, they it was like the so the way they do these is it's like a. Uh, it's like a teleconference thing where everyone's in a meeting and you can like draw on the same uh, like palette and whiteboard. <laughs> it's like a whiteboard. Yeah. So they show you all the games they're going to do and then they like will circle one and like write like, you know, December 24th or whatever. Um, and they were doing that and then it popped up with like new edition, click OK or whatever. And then it rolled in with that Visions of Mana and showed that which is a cool thing to do i i don't really care about that game so 
it wasn't super cool. Well, but, and, I mean, and I, this is not an exclusive to Xbox. I don't know if our uh, history untold is, but I think Avowed and Indiana Jones are. So it was kind of yeah, weird. That this is more like, uh, hey, we know that uh, Sony's about to get a hot exclusive in Square Enix's uh, Final Fantasy yeah. Seven Rebirth. So it, we have some uh, Square Enix stuff too. Here, here's Visions <laughs> of Mana. <laughs> Even though it's not exclusive, but yeah. it is coming this summer. So, uh, and then not technically a part of this developer direct. They they always do it this way, where they have it sort of back to back. They showed off the the next stuff coming for ESO. It's a an expansion called Gold Road, and they're bringing in uh, their first like new Daedric Prince. I think Ooh. is what they said. Some sort of long lost, forgotten prince. Uh, there's supposed to be a new zone that sort of. Uh, set in the West Weald region. Uh, and there's like, I think the capital from that is like from Oblivion. So you're sort of going back to Oblivion locations. Tamriel? Uh, or no, Cyrodiil. Yeah. And then there's like a new system called Scribing that allows you to like customize your abilities, which sounds interesting. And I'm sure people will come up with like crazy end game builds with that. Um, but. I mean, I think it's cool, but most people don't care about ESO, even though somehow <laughs> it still has enough of a player base for them to continue dropping new content all the time. But I, I feel like there's a, a a real shot in that the next Skyrim game, or Skyrim, next Elder Scrolls game comes out and people are disappointed by it and for some yeah. reason. And ESO somehow continues on throughout that and is like considered better <laughs> than the next Elder Scrolls, like, mainline Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, they, I mean, Starfield really came and went, and uh, maybe they, hopefully they will take lessons from that and uh, make some changes for Elder Scrolls, because I feel like, I mean, I think Starfield sold really well, and it was, I feel like, part of the conversation for a couple months, but other stuff just started coming out, and people, I, I don't think it's as much in the consciousness as Skyrim was and continues to be. And maybe they'll make DLC and it will like have a comeuppance and we'll see more of it. But um, I don't think it popped as hard as they wanted it to. Yeah, I mean, it reviewed pretty well and I liked it enough yeah. to have it on my top five games list. But I think uh, I like 2023 was a good year for games, but I feel like True. it's also it'll be like remembered like 2018 where you go, oh, yeah, that was the year that God of War 2018 and Red Dead Redemption 2 came out and it was both were like vying for game of the year and mm -hmm. they were like these instant game of the generation style games and nobody remembers anything else that came out that year <laughs> I feel like 2023 will be the year of Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3 and you'll have to look it up to remember what else came out that year yeah and true. so it's just like they're sort of head and shoulders above everything else so uh, unfortunately, Starfield did not hit hard enough to be mentioned in that conversation. <laughs> Before we talk about our predictions, I just wanted to briefly shout out HDQ was happening this week. It's wrapping up, I think, today as we're recording this. I haven't watched everything yet, uh, but I did wanted to shout out a couple runs. There was uh, a run by a dog this year, which was cool. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. It was uh, a little Shiba Inu, and it was running a game, I guess, that's designed for robots to play. A very easy game where you basically just have to hit one of two buttons every once in a while. But it did it. It did it for like a half hour, which is kind of crazy. Um, 
I watched a little bit of the Sky or sorry the uh, Starfield run, which is also crazy. They do some crazy stuff in that. Um, I'm excited to watch the Tears of the Kingdom one. I haven't watched that yet, but I've heard it's very cool. There's an uh, Elden Ring one where they beat the game in like 20 minutes and 18 seconds or something, which very interested to see that. Uh, I'm going to watch more of these this week and I'll have like a curated list, I think, next week of best ones you should watch. But they're still uploading them to YouTube. They're actually, this year they really are nailing uploading stuff pretty quickly. And also the website is totally redesigned where like the schedule now you can jump to what's being played at the moment and also in the schedule there are links to the youtube archives of everything as they're uploading them which is super slick and way better than previous years um but they just passed i think two million uh raised for their chair i think they do doctors without borders or prevent cancer foundation maybe but uh i'll have i'll be talking more about it next week i'll have like a top five runs that i watched but uh if you're interested in speed running definitely check those out this the starfield one is really cool all right let's get into our most anticipated games how do you want to handle this uh you well wanna... you have more than me so i can i can name like my six through ten as like honorable mentions and then let's we can it, yeah. uh back and forth the the five through one what are your although six i tens? feel like our i feel like our top two will be the same but I think so. Well, I, I don't know. I wonder if our top one will be the same, but I don't know. But I, I feel like we might have them in different order, but I feel like our top two will be the same. But uh, maybe. I don't All know. All right. So six through ten, I have uh, at number ten, uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf question mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this coming out this year? And if it is, will it be like that God of War 2018 like action game that, that we saw in leaks? Mm. Um, I like uh, I liked Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm very curious to see where they go with uh, this next game and if the combat is uh, vastly uh, improved and more mm. interesting. But uh, number nine is that Black Myth Wukong game. Yeah. Uh, coming August 19th, uh, this very long-awaited RPG uh, rooted in Chinese mythology based on uh, that Journey of the West which is like this great classical Chinese novel that has inspired so many different things from like even Dragon Ball is like based on that. But I'm uh, very curious to see more about that game. And then eight Metal Slug Tactics, which is not technically confirmed for 24 or 2024. I forgot about that game. I would love to play that. Yeah, it looks cool. And it's it's actually from the developer. I didn't realize this until I looked it up, but it's from the developer of that Rogue Lords game that we have talked about oh, yeah. on the show. Yeah. Um I liked that game quite a bit, so I'm very curious about uh, Metal Slug Tactics. Uh number seven I have Avowed, which is uh we were just talking about. Um I think if it's like a shorter experience that's kinda like the Outer Worlds. Um, it's set in the Pillars of Eternity universe, which doesn't mean anything to me because I've not played that <laughs> game, but uh, um, I think it could be a fun game. Uh, number six, uh, The Plucky Squire. You remember mm, this game? I think was supposed yes. to come out last year. It's sort of a kind of a, maybe a Zelda-like. but Sort um, of, yeah. Yeah. Very interested in that game as well. All right, let's get to your number five. My number five is Ultros, if you recall that yes. game. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking about this game as well. Very interesting, uh, unique art style. It's going to be a Metroidvania. It also might have roguelike elements. I'm not sure. Uh, in one of the trailers, it talks about dying and being rebirthed. Uh, but that just might be part of the lore of Ultros. I watched a bunch of gameplay of it, and it just seems 
crazy. Uh, it seems very, very like psychedelic in a crazy way, and it looks really interesting. Uh, it has a, a lot of uh, what do I want to say? Like, I guess Metroidvania things that I am interested in. But um, if you haven't seen a trailer for this, Ultros, it's U L T R O S. Take a look at the gameplay of it, uh, and it's it'll blow your mind. It is crazy to look at, just visually speaking. Um, I, I almost wonder if it's going to be a little bit too much where you might struggle to identify things in the environment because it's mm. so like crazy visually. Yeah, it does look insane at times. And that is actually part of the problem. I've, I still have been playing that cookie cutter game a little bit, which is another game that is a great Metroidvania. But the art style is beautiful and really unique. But the, a problem with that is sometimes stuff gets very complicated because everything is being a beautiful art style on top of each other. And so combat can get a little complex because there's like a bunch of animations going on. So hopefully Ultros doesn't have that problem as well. Yeah, hopefully they've solved that. All right. What's your number five? My number five is Rise of the Ronin, uh, which is coming on March 21st. That's oh, yes. Nin- Team Ninja's upcoming PS5 exclusive open world RPG. Uh, they're the developers of Neo and Ninja Gaiden. So my big question is, what's the difficulty going to be like? Mm. Uh, the game's description says it's, uh, quote, a deeply engaging yet accessible combat with layers of complexity suitable for any playstyle, which tells me they're trying yeah. to say, don't worry, this yeah. isn't going to be as difficult <laughs> as Neo or Ninja Gaiden. Um but they also were saying that it's going to have like multiple endings and there's some sort of karma system to it. But uh, I think it'll be a cool game. And I'm looking forward to, to playing that on uh, PS5 later this year. Uh, what's your number four? My number four is Hades 2. Oh, yeah. I, I thought about putting this on the list. We, I mean, I think we both got pretty into Hades when it came out. Uh, uh, I didn't as much as you, but I, I did like the game. I, I never, I beat it like maybe four times, but I don't think, I forget how many times you have to beat it to get like the final full ending. Because every time you beat it, it progresses the story a little bit. That game was really great about like every time you die, it makes it feel worth it. And like more stuff happens. It was like a great roguelike for that reason, because you're constantly unlocking things and also dying is part of, it's like in the lore. So like you, when you die like every NPC has something new to say to you and it progresses the story. So it doesn't feel that bad. And they also had that great system where it would get easy. If you check that box, it would get easier and easier the more times you died, which I probably should do at some point and go back and play it. Um, but uh, yeah, Hades 2 looks great. We've only seen one trailer for it. I think it was last year they showed that. I think it is slated for 2024, but I'm not sure. It might have just like an ETA as the release date, but um I will get this day one because Hades was great. Yeah, I thought they were doing like a like an early access. Uh, you might this be right. Year. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, but I'm not sure. What's your number four? My number four is Crypt Custodian, which Boy. is from Kyle Thompson, a solo developer who did uh, Islets and Sheepo, which are both Metroidvania games. Uh, and it looks like I like the art style of his games and it looks like kind of a top down Zelda like adventure game, sort of like a yeah. tunic or a death store. Um, 
But also, like, in the Steam store page for this game, it has Metroidvania tagged as well. So I'm it's not also, sure. It looks like Hyper Light Drifter to me. Yeah, it, lo- it does look a little bit like Hyper Light Drifter. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to this game. I liked Islets a lot. I haven't played Sheepo, but if it is sort of a, a Zelda-like Metroidvania uh, that's sort of inspired by, like, you know, Death Door or even Hyper Light yeah. Drifter. I think this would be a very fun game to play. So uh, this looks I, great. This was totally not on my radar, but I'm watching a trailer for it right now. It looks awesome. Yeah, I think it's TBA uh, 2024, perhaps. But hmm. uh, hopefully it comes out this year because I am looking forward to it. Uh, what's your number three? My number three, we have not heard from in a long time, but I would assume it's coming out hopefully soon. Uh, It is Replaced. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this game. Replaced is that uh, 2D or possibly 2.5D game. It's like cyberpunk. It's very like aesthetically cyberpunk. It looks really cool. Uh, And you're, I don't even know what the story is, but you're in like this cyberpunk atmosphere and it just looks so good and it seems like it's going to be there's some light combat in it parts of the and i don't know if this is maybe just a uh like a cutscene. um but it does seem like there is some combat it seems like it's mostly going to be wandering around i don't know exactly what the gameplay is going to be but i love the way it looks and i bet it will be just like a nice bite-sized little adventure you can have uh and so that's my number three it's uh replaced which i think the first trailer for it was in 2021 so i don't know there was a trailer two a year ago and i think that was the last we heard of it and that trailer i don't think had a release date i'm just skipping through it well this says it is going to come out in 2023 which did not happen uh so (laughs) i would assume it's going to happen in 2024 uh what is your number three my number three is No Rest for the Wicked, which is from Moon Studios, the developers of uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, mm. which I just played through. Uh, we'll get to that maybe later in the show, but it's it's like an ARPG. I kind of like the art style for it. They showed a trailer, I think, at some point this last year. Um, I don't remember which showcase that was part of, but they, they showed it. It looks cool. It kind of looks like um, almost a diablo style arpg um but they like orion the will of the whiffs is like so visually attractive but also just like so smooth and like it feels so good to play that i'm very curious to see what they will do in like a different genre Mm. they they're kind of known for metroidvanias but uh they're doing something different this time so i'm very curious to see what that's like um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to no rest for the wicked uh what's your number two okay so my number two i actually don't know what it is because my number two is whatever mystery launch title is going to happen with the switch to oh interesting whatever it's going to be because you and i are both both probably going to get the switch day switch to day one whatever it's called Mm -hmm. um i mean Breath of the Wild was the launch game for the Switch, and that's, uh, you know, one of the best games ever made, I think. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a Mario game. It could be that secret Donkey Kong game people keep talking about. 
but whatever it launches with, I feel like Nintendo is good about having a really good launch title. And so we don't even know what the system looks like, but I assume the mystery launch title for the Switch 2 will be something I'm heavily anticipating when they do reveal it. <laughs> hey, uh, you went a different direction with this. Okay, so my number two? two is Silk Song. Oh, interesting. Because I am going to go out on a limb and yes. say five say years of anticipating Silk Song's release, yeah. it's going to actually come out in 2024. I think you're right. I think so too. So I got it up there. I did just play through Hollow Knight uh, recently. Loved it. Thought it was great. Saw why everybody like holds it in such high regard and how it's sort of been used as uh, the 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 sort of benchmark for not to you know use a pun, but the benchmark for all other <laughs> sort of Metroidvanias these days. But very curious to see what they do with this and how they switch it up and what other cool things. They, they do that will potentially influence like the next generation of Metroidvanias that come yeah. out. So. It's going to be, I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be way bigger than Hollow Knight uh, as far as like the size of the map and stuff. Mm. But who knows? And here's something else. I was thinking about this while you were playing through it because there are, there were several parts in Hollow Knight where I was just like, I don't know what to do. I like, I went, I tried to get into the sewers for hours because I thought that was the next place I had to go to. And I went all around and I couldn't figure it out. And I eventually had to look it up. And you, I think, also got trapped in places. And I was just like, yeah, you just have to look it up. But we're going to probably play Silk Song right when it comes out. So we're not going to have the luxury yeah, I thought about of that looking too. up guides. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a totally different experience. Yeah, I, I did follow a guide for a lot of Hollow Knight. And you sort of have to, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I'm. I'll be curious to see uh, if they've made it so that it feels like you don't need one as much, or maybe we'll we'll just we have grown as gamers and <laughs> we understand these things now and we're better at it. But I don't know. Yeah, I. It'll be definitely an interesting experience going through it. You know, at launch as opposed to like years after the fact, where they're just like tons and tons of guides out there if you yeah. if you're ever lost but um, uh obviously that's my number one yeah that's what i was gonna say i i, I feel like this is either two or one for you um, yeah so my number one is final fantasy 7 rebirth yes which is coming on february 29th very yeah. soon um, I feel like the those two you know if silk song does come out i feel like those two very likely will be like the top two contenders for yeah. game of the year for us. Uh, or that mystery switch to launch title. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. I feel like outside of final fantasy seven rebirth and like the last of us remastered Sony doesn't really have like, what do they have this year? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess they have rise of the Ronin, but that's like not a first party thing, but I guess Neither is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't have a PS5 right now. Um, will I have one in February? I don't know. <laughs> you might have to. <laughs> They're easier to find now, and True. they do have that slim version. But uh, They do have that slim version. But yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. I, I liked the first one, even though I think it got a little crazy towards the end. Uh, and I have not yeah. played the OG Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, so... Uh, but I think we're all in the same boat of not 
being completely sure where this is going. So They have said they're going to do something. Well, we can't really talk about it since you haven't played Final Fantasy VII. But there's a pivotal moment in Final Fantasy VII that they said they're going to do a crazy thing with. And uh, I'm excited for that, whatever that is. Uh, any uh, predictions for 2024? My, my prediction is that it's going to be the year of the Metroidvania. Hmm. Because I have gone on the record saying that I think the Switch 2 is going to have some sort of flipping mechanic. And it's going to have yeah. maybe two screens and it's going to be called the, the flip switch. So I, I thought about that too. But like, if you, if you think of it like a, f- you know, folding phone that just has Joy-Con attachments, um, folding phones are like over a thousand dollars right now. True. I, I'm not sure they can manufacture one that was like $300. I don't think it's going to um, be, I don't think the screen's going to fold. I think it's going to be two separate screens. Uh, okay. So more of like a, what was that Microsoft phone that came out? Uh, what was that called? Oh, the um, the the. It was like the duo or something like was that. Was it the duo? It might have been called that. But yeah, like remember. a DS kind of. Yeah, I mean that could happen. I I mean that would allow them to more easily port DS and 3DS games yeah. to it. They have but, that whole catalog that they can't do anything with right now. But it would be like you can only play these in portable mode. I don't know because it's I don't know. probably going to dock as well, right? It probably will dock. It 100% will dock. I think. I saw an interesting one uh, that Arlo YouTuber was talking about his predictions for the the Switch 2. And he said he thought it would be cool if the Switch dock was like open face and you had like interesting almost like a like a Mario clock type of a thing. Yeah, that actually is very cool. Yeah, Yeah, because they aren't really doing anything with the dock. I would be that's very interesting. I mean, a lot of people just shove it behind their TV or somewhere in their entertainment center and never look at it again. But like, you could you could do an interesting thing with it uh, if you did go open face dock. Smart. And like the, I have the Pixel tablet now, and that thing just magnetizes to a little dock and becomes a, a Google Home. Uh, if yeah. you could do that with your Switch as well, that would be awesome. So exciting times. That's I think. Uh, my prediction here's another one of my predictions is i think that's going to be the most exciting thing i mean it's always exciting when there's a new console on the horizon but i think it's especially exciting when it's nintendo because they always do something weird and like unpredictable and the speculation has been it's going to be an iteration as opposed to an evolution but uh i don't know i i'm just uh very excited for whatever they reveal but my my prediction is that it'll be the year of the metroidvania because i think I, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we get Silk Song. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll get Grime on Switch, possibly Grime 2. We already have Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Maybe that Crow Sworn game drops as well. That would be crazy. Ultros is also supposed to come out this year, I think. Yeah, Ultros, which is one we just talked about. Um, what about Metroid Prime 4 as a Switch 2 launch game? Now, that is interesting, Zach. I, uh, it's been in development hell for a long time. They famously stopped development on it and changed studios. Uh, that could definitely be it. They could do that. I could see that, that Donkey Kong one. They could pull out some kind of crazy IP they haven't used in forever and just like really flip the script and make it crazy. Uh, who knows what... I mean, I, don't, I, I now don't think it's going to be a Mario one because after Mario Wonder... I think they said, like, what's the next Mario game going to be like? And someone on Nintendo's PR team was like, we don't even know what the next Mario is going to be like. So I don't think they're making an Odyssey 2, even though I think that would Well, here's my prediction for that. Uh, Instead of Super Mario Odyssey 2, which I think is what everybody's been expecting, 
and what if wanting. They, what if they do the open world Mario game that's like more based on like that Bowser's Fury thing? Now that is interesting, and that actually. I, I'm not sure if I want that more than Odyssey or not. Yeah, I was going to say, which one would you rather have? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I mean, I think that would be great. But uh, the, so there are other Metroidvanias. I I suspect maybe they, unless they do like add 3DS games to like Switch Online. What if they did, they're already doing like Luigi's Mansion 2 as like a remake for the Switch. What if they did that with Metroid Samus Returns? Hmm. And then there's Zach, that. What if they combined what we were just talking about? What if the next Mario game is a Metroidvania? I mean, I would be into that. I, would I, do. I don't know how they would do that, but I would be into it. <laughs> uh, and then there's that Earthblade game, which is coming from the Celeste developer. Yeah. Uh, Blade Chimera, which is from the developer of uh, that Record of Lotus War game that everybody likes. That's kind of like uh, Symphony of the Night inspired. Yeah. And then there's a game I keep mentioning I'm looking forward to is that Mandragora game that looks like it's got like a really cool art style to it. I don't know if that's like full on Metroidvania. It might be more like 2D RPG, but it looks Mm. very cool. Uh, And then what if there was a new Castlevania game? Because last that would be crazy. Last year when the Castlevania Dead Cells DLC came out, Konami like acknowledged that there was fan desire for like more Castlevania stuff and that they were not delivering on that. <laughs> so like, <laughs> what if they announce, even if it doesn't drop this year, if they just announce like new Castlevania coming, but anyway, that's my, it's, it's going to be a big year for Metroidvanias. I feel like, I think so. I think you're right. Cause I think Silk Song will come out this year. <laughs> I, Here's I mean, something else. I'm hoping I saw a video. There's a whole cottage industry of people who just make, you know, Hollow Knight and Silk Song videos on YouTube. And I saw one of them that was like, we've always gotten a Hollow Knight or Silk Song message in February. And there's always been, or a lot of times, there is a big direct, a Nintendo Direct in February. So everyone, at least on that YouTube channel, was speculating that uh, February will be a definitive release date announcement for silk song so it could be less than a month away from news about silk song i hope so yeah uh, my other nintendo predictions would be we get gamecube games added to switch online mm. uh including uh star wars rogue squadron 2 uh luigi's mansion super smash brothers melee and mario sunshine making everybody who bought that Mario 3D All-Stars game uh, <laughs> a little bit salty, but... Yeah. And also, like, when the Switch 2 launches, I'm going to say Nintendo Online is just there, and so yeah. everything transfers over, and they, they don't switch to a new system. Now, I, there were, like, a bunch of leaks that happened, I feel like, and I don't know if any of them are real, and maybe that, like, counteracts all of these predictions, but... um. I fear them going back to more of a virtual console style thing where Mm. they start selling games individually and you have to buy them over again. Yeah. I hope they don't do that. Um, But I I didn't look into those leaks. So if that was part of that, then whatever, I missed it. But hopefully that leak is all fake, but we'll find out. (laughs) 
uh, let's talk about what we've been playing because I have officially finished Hollow Knight. I know it's been a couple of weeks uh, we since we talked about it, but I was in the middle of that game and I have defeated the Radiance and uh, finished it at, I think, like 102%. There was some stuff I oh, missed. Wow. I think I did 101%. You probably did more of the DLC than I did. More I, of the... I, uh, What's it called? I, What's I that guy's started name? Grim? the Grim Troop DLC, but yeah. I did not finish it. I also didn't do like the crazy boss rush stuff that they no. added. And I realized I, I also either. like forgot to go back and do the third combat arena. Like I, I started that one and I made it pretty far and then I died and I was like, Ugh, I don't want to do that all yeah. over again. And so I was like, whatever, I'll come back to it. And then I completely forgot about it. So <laughs> uh, there was some stuff like that I didn't do, but I did get all the grubs. I did get all the charms and I talked to that mushroom guy uh, and all the places you can do that, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure the ending like warrants was worth it. Yeah, it, it didn't. <laughs> there was not much of a payoff for that. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. It was very, very good. Uh, and then uh, that's the secret sauce. Now that we're both now that we've both completed it, it will uh, Silk Song will come out. Ah, that was it. They were holding off on yeah. on me finishing Hollow Knight so the, that's right before it could come out. So any day now, really, Silk Song could just drop. February just be a hot drop. Uh, but I was in a real Metroidvania mood after that, and so I I went back and played through Ori in the Will of the Wisps, which is a game that I started at one point and didn't quite finish, but I really liked it. And it's like everybody talks about you know Super Metroid and symphony of the night as like the original ones that like inspire the genre in modern times those games are like hollow knight and orion the will of the wisps yeah. is like the top two uh and so it was like well i might as well play this through to completion uh because we also had some time before prince of persia came out which is the next game i've been playing but um but yeah i liked it a lot it it obviously is inspired by hollow knight because of like the map guy that you go find and like the the charm system and all of that but it's also like way more movement mechanics and um like platforming uh Mm. does a lot more of that than hollow knight does um and it's also not a soulsvania so like you you're not resting at a bench to like save your progress and then when you die you like respawn there and actually I played enough of those where it was, I almost forgot, like, how do you do it if you don't have, like, a, <laughs> you know, bench to rest at? And it's it's just uh, you, you get these little checkpoints. It's like a checkpoint system where if you die, like, they do have save points that you are mainly used for fast travel. But, like, you can equip and unequip charms at any time. You don't have to rest at, like, a bench to do it. And mm. um, it just, like, if you die, you just, like, respawn at whatever the last checkpoint was. And you're not, like, having to go back to the place that you died to, like, reclaim whatever you dropped when you died. So, mm-hmm. um, But I liked it a lot. It's, it's a much shorter experience. I think it took me roughly, like, 30 hours to get through Hollow Knight. And it was, like, maybe half that to get through Ori. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's on Game Pass. That's where I played it. Um, and, you know, that gave me a lot of momentum going into Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, which I've actually been playing obsessively over the last couple of days how have you been liking it it's very good it's very obviously heavily inspired by hollow knight as well like it you do have like you rest at a tree to like save and then when you die you go back there so it is doing like the soulsvania thing Mm. um 
and it has like a, a similar charm system um and you also encounter like somebody who will sell you a map and they're like mm. humming as you come up to mm. them so it's like heavily heavily inspired by hollow knight um, but it's also getting a lot of comparisons to like uh, Metroid Dread because of the movement where it's much faster paced in its movement yeah. and you can kind of slide and you can run. And so it, it just has that sort of snappy, quick movement that Metroid Dread had. Um, I'm really liking it, though. And so far, I've been exploring without a guide and it's been totally fine. Uh, it's I think one of those games where you can just kind of freely explore and not really uh, like some of the puzzles. There are a bunch of puzzles in the game that I've been enjoying doing as well. Some of those you might want to look up a guide for, but I think a lot of those even you can figure out um, without a guide. And uh, the, I've been enjoying the movement mechanics as well. I just got the double jump, which you do get fairly late in the game. Really? But, that's uh, the same for Hollow Knight. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the combat is also very interesting. There are a bunch of bosses to fight, and uh, you you it's a little bit combo based almost, but um, it's not I, I guess not super combo based. You do have like sort of a three or four button combo that you can do, but you can also like hit them up into the air and kind of juggle mm. them a little bit, and so you can do a bunch of stuff like that. And it just like it feels really really good, really snappy to play. Um, so it's one I definitely recommend if you like. Uh, metroidvania is for sure are you playing it on what are you playing it on switch or ps5 ps5 but it is on switch and i, I hear it it doesn't look that downgraded from what you get on uh ps5 so mm. uh you could definitely play it on switch and have a great time i with think it. I, I, i'm probably gonna pick it up on xbox not on game pass unfortunately it would be yeah. cool if it had just dropped on game pass but uh i recommend it it's very very good uh, what about you? I've been watching and also reading the mm-hmm. anime slash manga Delicious in Dungeon or Dungeon Meishi, if I think is how you say it. Um, it's uh, airing on Netflix. It's a beloved manga that came out. It's been uh, being released for like 10 years, I think. And it it's done. It's like publication is uh, completed. So like the story is done in the comics, but they just started showing or they just started making this anime based on it. Uh, and it's great. I'm sort of going side by side and like re- watching an episode and then reading the comics. Uh, but it's a really cool world. It's like kind of Dungeons and Dragons meets like a cooking show almost. Uh, the plot is like, it's the classic thing where like a dungeon appeared basically. And uh, so people go into the dungeon to try to like, you know, win riches. But the main character is, the thing is like they're trying to save someone and also they're trying to cook along the way. Uh, so it's, it's a really interesting tone and I recommend it. Uh, if you're looking for a new, something to like watch or read. Uh, and then also I did, I, I downloaded pal, pal world. I'm checking out pal world. I played about an hour, maybe an hour and a half of it. Uh, so I uh, downloaded this cause it, it is on game pass, but you have to have the expensive tier to play it. So I have not started it yet, but well, you, you only have to have the expensive tier to play multiplayer. You can oh, really? play it single so you, player. Yeah. You can play it offline basically. That was confusing to me as well because it throws up like three different error messages where it's like, I'm sorry, you can't do this subscribe. <laughs> and then you click past that and it's like, Hey, just so you know, you can't do this. And you click one more time and it's like, okay, but you can't play with online 
players. You have to play single player. And then you eventually get to a new game option where you can make a new game. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I I definitely want to check this out because I keep seeing these tweets where it's like, it sold over a million copies in the first Mm -hmm. eight hours. And then it was, oh, now it's up over two million in the first 24 hours. And now it's up over three million in the first 40 hours. It's just like crazy like the appetite for a Pokemon game that feels like modern and like a little bit more mature. It did crash on me a few times. Uh, It 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 is early access, isn't it? It's early access. And so a lot of it does seem very early access. Um, I would say the onboarding tutorial part is not great. Uh, Like you have these like little objectives in the top right corner but there's not like a, it doesn't really, it just drops you into the world basically. And so if you're playing it for the first time, you're going to be a little confused. I feel like if you're playing it for like, you know, it's just a game you're going to load up for like the 10th time. That's at least nice. There's no thing you have to like click through. There's no opening cutscene or anything really. There is like kind of a cutscene, I guess, but it's only like five seconds, but well, we, we should say this. So this is the, the Pokemon with guns game that everybody yeah. was looking forward to. And it basically, like, from what I've seen, because I've watched some streamers play it, it is, like, heavily inspired not just by Pokemon, but also, like, uh, Breath of the Wild, but also, like, Ark Survival Evolved, because it's kind of a survival game as well. Um, And a little bit Fortnite as well, like, the 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 animation where you're, like, uh, using a pickaxe to, like, hit a rock to get some stone out of it, it looks exactly like the one from Fortnite, but yeah you're like building structures and stuff as well with the materials you're getting it is more base building than i realized it was going to be like it's heavily uh it wants you to build a base and like have your pals start uh like working in the base so you can like start it's almost like satisfactory but like way way less uh complicated and then like every once in a while there will be raids on your base by random pokemon or i guess pals they're called uh i don't know it's it's very interesting uh, and it's like very uh, it doesn't seem like there is a limit to the creativity like you can do a bunch of crazy stuff and there's so many different pals you can collect and they all have different stats you can like yeah some of them them to do things aren't some of them like better at like working in your base to like build up structures that you're trying to build or like to farm materials or whatever and then some are better more equipped for like combat yeah, there's one called like a lift monk or lift monk. And if you unlock its special ability, it just has a submachine gun and will just sit <laughs> on your head and fire its submachine gun at people. And that's just like, it's it's kind of insane. I don't know how they were able to do this because like some of those pals look exactly like Pokemon. Yeah, I wondered about that too. But it's, I mean, I'll, I'll probably point. play more of it. It's uh, It's interesting. I don't know that it's exactly what I wanted because of all the base building. I was hoping it would be more story based or give you any type of direction. But right now it just seems it's very similar to Minecraft where it just kind of drops you in and you can you make the fun by making things like you have to make your own fun, basically. Well, and am I wrong in thinking you can like climb any surface similar to Breath of the Wild and then you have like a paraglider that you can glide down? You have exactly that type of thing from Breath of the Wild, yeah. Well, and like the the little musical stinger that happens when you enter a new area sounds exactly like, almost exactly like the one that's in like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) It it sounds very similar. So like they're 
not really hiding the ball on like trying to on like the things that inspired it and what they're yeah. sort of borrowing from. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks really interesting to me. It like it has exploded. Everybody's playing it and talking about it. So it's something that like maybe once I finish uh, Prince of Persia, I will dip my toes into and we can talk more about. Next yeah, I'll week. play a little more this week and maybe we can talk more about it next week. Yeah, and I'll I'll have a little bit more to say about um, Prince of Persia as well. Um, actually, I should mention like one of the cool things about it is there's like a a memory shard system where like if you're looking at the map, you can like hit a button uh, in an area if you, you like can't access that area at the time, and it'll like leave a little memory shard on your map, and it's like a little screenshot. So basically, you can look at it, and it'll be like, oh, okay. This is why I can't access this yet, uh, which is like a really smart. That's smart. System. It's like, like it made me think of like when Apex came out and there was like the that system that allows you to communicate with people. And you're like, why hasn't everybody done this? This yeah. is like the, <laughs> the smartest way of doing this that really simplifies things for players. I was like, oh, this is like ingenious. This should be in every Metroidvania. Yeah. Um. But there's, there's like, you can kind of customize the difficulty. Like, there are four different difficulty settings that you can pick. But then you can actually go in and do a customizable one. Because, like, parries are sort of a big part of the game. It's not, like, you don't have to do parries. But, like, it's really helpful if you do them. And you can, like, go in and there are sliders that allow you to, like, sort of broaden out that window. Man. Where that sliders. sounds great to me. I wish that that cookie cutter game had that because parrying is also super important in that, and I'm so bad at it. I would yeah. love for there to be a window thing where I can affect it. I, I haven't played around with any of the sliders because I've I've found it to be fine as is. Like like every, if you try to parry and you fail, it does like you get hit harder, so you take more damage. Mm. So so it's sort of a risk reward type of maneuver. But yeah, you can go in there and customize that and make it so that it's more friendly, even like make the window even larger. Mm. But you can also like dial up how much damage you do and like dial down how much damage enemies do so you can like really customize your experience um and there's also like an exploration mode or you pick at the start if you want exploration mode which is like um no hud not hud elements no um like waypoints to tell you where to go next or there's like a guided mode that tells you that helps you know where to go next um, but even if you pick the exploration mode that doesn't have that, there's like you can go in sort of the hub area. There's like a kid there, the map kid that that sells you the maps <laughs> and the new zones, and you can buy like a hint from him, and he'll tell you, "Oh, you should oh, go man. here." That's great. So yeah, they've made this very very accessible, uh, even to people that are not accustomed to playing uh, Metroidvanias. But hmm. but yeah. Highly recommend that, and I, I definitely want to check out Power World. So we'll maybe have more to say about both of those games on next week's show. Uh, um, and then, very briefly, I am playing. I played a little bit of that uh, Final Fantasy VII Takeover Apex, which is interesting. Uh, there's materia. Every character now has because you can ping in that game. Mm-hmm. So there's now a voice line of every character being like, "There's materia here," which is kind of weird to hear. <laughs> but uh, it's cool. Uh, I'm liking it. I'm still casually playing Apex every once in a while. Yeah, I think I it's keep, a very cool thing. I keep meaning to jump back in and try out that mode because I think it does sound cool, but I've been 
uh, playing so many other games that I haven't yeah. gotten around to it yet. But yeah, that's all I've been playing, watching. I have prepared a parting wisdom this week. All right, hit me with it. Uh, every once in a while on Twitter, a thing will happen, and then a bunch of people will pile onto it as like, uh, here's another example. And one of the things I saw this past week that's maybe currently still happening is people being like, nothing will ever be as unintentionally funny as Oblivion, like Oblivion <laughs> clips. And so people have been posting a ton of crazy Oblivion clips where they just like come upon a guard who is like spinning around and then we'll just like casually... Well, the one that made me laugh the most was it was like a 30-second 30, 30 clip of like a high elf sitting in a library and he's just like flipping through a book silently. And you just watch him flip through a book for like 30 seconds. And then you talk to him and he immediately is like, I hate books. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, it was very funny to me. So if you're, if you're looking for some stuff to laugh at, if you go on Twitter and just search for like oblivion clips, there's a ton right now that are very, very funny. That's awesome. Yeah. And with the rumored, uh, you know, oblivion remake or remaster yeah. coming, I mean, good time to be thinking about that game. Great time. Well, on that note, why don't you go ahead and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Starside Cafe, and uh, leave this podcast a review, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.